want to read to you this morning out of Deuteronomy 28. We have spent the summer talking about the Bible in two words. And it almost seems an oversimplification, but we've spent the summer talking about it. I really felt like the Holy Spirit uh, just wants me to stay with this, and so that's why we're continuing to talk about this. The Old Testament is described in one word, and it's do. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that means you had to do things to get the blessings of God. If you did things, if you were obedient, you were blessed. If you didn't do what God asked you to do, you were cursed. That was the old covenant. The New Testament is described in one word, and it's done. Done, done, done. The Old Testament and all other world religions are do, do, do. Christianity in the New Testament is done, done, done. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus has done it. All you and I have to do is receive it and to walk in it. Now, I'm going to read to you again this morning out of Deuteronomy 28. This is a list of the blessings of obedience. If you've been with us any through the summer, and let me just stop and say this. Jump on our website, tcf.church. Listen to these messages. They're titled The Church and uh, the Bible in Two Words. And get on and listen to these messages. I guarantee you they'll minister to you, they'll strengthen you, and they'll help you. And what I'm about to read to you is, is a list of the blessings. Now, if you lived in the Old Testament, you couldn't have these blessings because you had to be obedient perfectly. It said, you're going to find out when I read, you had to keep the rules basically perfectly. And you couldn't do it, so you didn't get it. The second reason you wouldn't get it is because you weren't of Jewish descent. You weren't a Jew. So the Bible says you're outside of the covenant. You're outside of the promise of God. Then fast forward to today, the reason you don't get it is because you perish for a lack of knowledge. In other words, you don't know it belongs to you. If I went and deposited $100,000 in your bank account or I opened a new account in your name, but I didn't tell you, it wouldn't matter if it had $10 million in it. If you don't know it, it doesn't benefit you. So let me read to you this morning, starting in Deuteronomy 28, <clears throat> 1 through 14. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments, there it is, do. You had to do it perfectly. That I'm giving you today, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the world and you'll experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. God is speaking to Israel and he basically tells them, if you don't keep it, you don't get it. Listen to what the list is. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. I love that. Let me read it to you again. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. That's amazing. Amen. Let me continue. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you one direction, and God will scatter them from you seven. Then verse 8 says, The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Stop right there. I don't want to continue to read the rest of it. Basically, what God told them was, is if you're obedient, you get these blessings. If you're not obedient, then you're going to be cursed. Now, if you read those, you think, well, that doesn't sound like very good news, Pastor, because I can't always be obedient, and I'm far from perfect. That's exactly why Jesus Christ came. I want to jump into the New Testament, into Galatians chapter 3, and let me read you the good news. You know that's what the gospel is, right? Good news? It's good news. All right, listen to what it says. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse has been reversed. Man, you missed the chance to holler right there. 
Okay? The curse has been reversed. You are not under a curse. Your children are not under a curse. Your grandchildren are not under a curse. Your job, your business, your home, your bank accounts, none of it is under a curse. Why? Because Jesus paid and bought me out from under the curse, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's the cross right over there in the corner. If you've been here, I've had it right here up on the stage. When Jesus went to the cross, he hung on a tree and he took your curse. He took the punishment for your sin. The curse has been reversed. You're not under a curse. Let me continue to read that the blessing of Abraham, I just read to you part of that blessing, that the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles, that would be you, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a Gentile. Look at your neighbor and say, even though you're brown, you're a Gentile. Look at your neighbor and say, even though you're white, you're a Gentile. And if there's any other colors, just throw them in. Amen? What does it say? It says that the blessings of Abraham would come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You qualify for the blessing of God in your life simply for one reason, because of Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I gave you the example. Imagine a millionaire family finds you, and you don't know you're related to them, and they come, and they say, hey, you're related to us, and you get part of the inheritance that we have, and they bring you uh, the family trust and benefits. The only reason I did this example was to just help you think about the Bible in different terms. See, most people think about the Bible as a book of rules. Nobody wants to read a book of rules. You've never been to the bookstore or the library in your life and said, hey, could you please direct me to the section of the books with rules in it? Nobody does that, right? You've never called the IRS and said, hey, could you send me a copy of the IRS code? I'd like to study it. No, right? Nobody's ever done that. Probably lots of you in here have old books from college and you just couldn't bear to throw them away because you paid 200 bucks for them and you got them stuck in a closet somewhere and you would never get them out and read them. Am Am I right? Yeah, and finally in some garage sale, you get rid of them for a nickel. Okay, lots of us have thought about the Bible in the very same way, that it's nothing but a book of rules. And all I want you to think about, and we've been teaching on this, is in fact, you've been born again. You know Jesus as your Savior. You're part of the family. And so in fact, the Bible is actually a family trust and a book of benefits. It's not a book of rules. It's not a book of guidelines. It's your family trust and benefits. So every time you get your Bible out and read it, you're learning what belongs to you. You're learning who you are. The curse has been reversed in your life because of the blood of Jesus. I want to go to another verse. I'm going to go to Galatians 3.26, New King James Version. One sentence in the beginning says, For you are all, say all. all. Does that mean everybody? That's everybody, right? All. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How'd you become a son? Because you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You said yes to his sacrifice. The Bible says then you were placed in the kingdom as a son. Now that also means daughter. You were placed in the kingdom as a son with all the rights, all the benefits, and all the privileges of sonship. 
You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're not an orphan. You don't go in the back door. Now, let me just talk to you for a minute about a slave. If you're a slave, if I, have, if I own a slave in my life and they do what I say, I'm happy. If they don't do what I say, then I can discipline them. I could even beat them. Maybe I could even kill them because they're a slave. All right, how about a servant? Well, if you're a servant and you work for somebody, if you do a good job, they may give you a raise. They may give you some benefits. If you don't do a good job, they fire you. You don't fire sons. Let that soak in. You don't fire sons. You don't beat sons. If you do, there's something wrong with you. Isn't that right? You see, God wanted a family, and he gave his son. And out of his son, he had many sons, which is us. What's it say? We're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Listen, with all the rights, all the benefits, all the privileges. So when I read my Bible, I'm finding out what belongs to me as a son. Listen to the next verse. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. The point is God doesn't recognize any of that. What he recognizes is the new birth. We're all one in Christ. Now, I'm going to read you the last verse from a different translation. This is Galatians 3, 29, New Living. And now that you belong to Christ, how many of you in here know you belong to Christ? You know, Pastor Gabe, you belong to Christ? Yeah, you know that you do. We know we belong to Christ, all right? Now that you belong to Christ, you're the true children of Abraham. Listen to it. You are his heirs. God, I like that word. Don't you like that word? What is it? What's an heir mean? That means somebody else did the work, and I get the blessing. Somebody else paid the bills, and I get the blessing. That's what an heir is. All you have to do is be in the bloodline, be in the family line, and you get it. Are you with me? I'm an heir of Abraham, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to me and to you. I've talked about this before. I heard somebody say the other day, you know my blood sugar's been really high, but that runs in my family. Well, I'm in a different family I'm in a spiritual family. I'm of the bloodline of Jesus. My bloodline of my mother and father was polluted. It was polluted with sin. And when I said yes to Jesus, I stepped into a new bloodline. Uh, There's no high blood sugar in the bloodline of Jesus, is, is there? No, there's not. No. What are you saying then? I'm saying that those blessings of God belong to you. The curse has been reversed. Listen, you're not under a curse. You don't ever have to worry about whether God's trying to curse you. Now, three things happened when Jesus went to the cross. He took the curse of your disobedience. It's called sin. The second thing he did was he fulfilled the law for you. Why? Because you couldn't do it. You see, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and Jesus is my holiness and my perfection. Jesus lived the perfect life for me. He lived the perfect life for you, and now the blessings of God belong to you. And the third thing, which we've talked about, is he placed you as a son. He placed you as a daughter. Now, I serve God. I do. But I serve God from the place of a son, not from the place of a servant. You see, when the day's work is done, the hired hands go home, the sons go in the house and cook supper and talk about the future. Is that not true? 
Okay, you're a son and a daughter of God. When the day is done, you know what the father says? Come on in the house and let's have dinner and talk. The servants go home. The servants go wherever it is they came from. You're a son. Now I want to go to another verse. I want to go to Genesis 15, verse 1. I want to say something before we read this to you, before you look at it. All right, I've already established over the last several weeks and this morning that because you know Jesus is your Savior, then you're an heir of Abraham, and Abraham's blessings belong to you. That's what Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 is. Now I want to take you to Genesis 15, 1, and I'm going to show you where God talks to Abraham, and he promises him three things in the very beginning. Now let me explain just a little bit about this story. He's a farmer and a sheep herder, and God shows up and says, hey, I want to establish a covenant with you, and I'm going to create a nation called Israel through you and through you every single person is going to be blessed and you're going to have children as many as the stars okay he didn't mean physical children he meant spiritual children that's us we're the spiritual children of Abraham because we know Jesus is our savior so he says hey I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham you know what Abraham means father of many nations so here's what's amazing You know one of the things that God does? God calls those things that be not as though they were. Do you know what we do? We gripe about the things that are. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. You see, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. So every time he said his name, every time Sarah said his name, every time anybody said, hey, Abraham, come over here. You know what they were saying? Hey, father of many nations, come over here. And that's when he's old and he doesn't have any kids. The book of Romans says God calls those things that be not as though they were. Listen, anything you want in your life, you have to build a word path to. What do you mean, pastor? Well, you have to say it before it happens. You have to find promises that agree with it, and you have to agree with the promises, and you build a word path with God's word to wherever you want to go. And you call those things that be not as though they were, whatever it is you need in your life. The Bible says that all things are upheld by the word of his power. All things are upheld by the word of his power. Folks, how in the world does that ball of fire called the sun hang out in the middle of space with nothing holding it, and all of our planets go around it in a perfect circle? We don't get too close. We don't get too far. We don't get too fast. We don't get too slow. God holds it all in place, and he is your father. Pretty amazing, don't you think? Now, let's go to Genesis 15 and see what God told Abraham. He said, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Now, he hadn't changed his name yet. See, they're in the middle of that happening, right? We've talked about this before. He calls those things that be not as though they were. Later on, he changes his name to Abraham. Remember, we've talked about it with your kids, right? Right? What, what, what do we do with our kids, right? We've talked about it. Oh, that's the little bedwetter. That's the whiner. That's the one that won't eat their vegetables. Instead of saying, that's the one that does good in school. That's my little champion. That's the one that loves God. Listen, can I help you with your kids? You know what your kids need to hear from you every day? You belong to God. Your children need to hear every day, you belong to God. You're a child of love. You're not an accident. And you belong to God. And he has great plans for you. Instead of, 
Oh, that's the whiner. Right? What do you have to do? Well, I wish they'd act like that. Why don't you call those things that be not as though they were? Listen to what God said. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, stop right here. What he's fixing to tell him belongs to you. If you know Jesus is your Savior, you're the heir of Abraham, so this is yours. So you can read this and you think, well, Pastor, what's this have to do with me? Everything. Here's what he says. He says, don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, and I'm your exceeding great reward. Now, I don't have time to get into death, all three of these, but i got to give them to you. The first thing he says is, don't be afraid. Do you know what the number one torment of the devil in your life is? Fear. The Bible says that fear does what? It torments you. All right, what's the greatest tool of the terrorists? Fear. Fear. Hey, you don't know where we're at, and you don't know where we're going to be. You know, you might go to the French Riviera, and we're going to be there. You might go to work in California, and we might be there. You never know where we're going to show up with our crazed, demented disciples, and we're going to have guns, and we're going to have bombs, and you don't know what's going to happen to you. You know what God told Abram, and you know what God's telling you? You don't have to be afraid. Man, you know, the Olympics are in Rio this week, and I, I, I don't care about going to the Olympics necessarily, but there's lots of people there. But you know, I, I can't go to Rio. Do you know why? The Zika virus. Right? And you know, it's in Florida. I mean, the Zika virus is down there in Miami, and it's in Florida. And I saw a map on the news with this red line, and it was way up in the middle of the U.S., and all below it was in red. And they said, all in there, we might be getting those mosquitoes that have the Zika virus. And that line was above Tulia, Texas. Man, I, I, don't, I don't want no Zika virus, right? Now, I'm not trying to make light of that. Don't misunderstand me. Listen, you know what God said? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid for your kids, your grandkids, your, your marriage. You don't have to be afraid. Wonder what's going to happen to us in the future. I can tell you what's going to happen to you in the future. God said that you have overflow and increase ahead of you. God said he would take care of you. So the first thing he said was you don't have to be afraid. Then I love the second thing he said. He said, I'm going to be your shield. Wow. Now, we all know what a shield is. A shield is a tool you use in war, and you hold it to keep the darts from coming and for the arrows to come. And when a guy comes at you with a sword, the shield stops it. Wouldn't it be interesting if you took time to get your phone out, and what if you looked up the word shield in the Bible and every verse that's in the Bible that has the word shield in it? Wouldn't it be interesting if you took time to study that out? I can think of two places right off the top of my head. One of the verses I know says this, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Now, that's just the first half. We could run around the room with that right there. Amen? Surely, God, that verse so stirs me up. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You know who that is? Well, that's me and Bobby. All right? I know me and Bobby are righteous. Now, the rest of you are suspect. No, you're not. If you know Jesus, that's you, amen. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. The second half says, and you surround him with favor as with a shield. 
Listen, I have a shield of favor around me. I pray it over you. I pray it over my children. I pray it over their mates. I pray it over my grandchildren. Every day when they go to work, they have favor around them like a shield. When Rusty came up a week or so ago, a couple of weeks, we talked about that. Everywhere I go, people come up to me. I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? You look familiar. Well, what you see on me is Jesus That's what you smell on me, and they can't quite put their finger on it. That's the favor of God. Vicki and I were coming home the other day from a place we went, and we stopped in Post, Texas, and we went in this little cafe, and we'd already eaten lunch. We just wanted to stop in there and get some tea and maybe get some dessert, and this lady came to our table, and she just started talking to us, and thank y'all for coming in, and how are y'all, and hey, we're great, and she said, would y'all like some cold tea? Yeah, we would. Well, would you, would you like some banana pudding? Yeah, we would. She brought dessert. She brought tea, and when she came back by, she said, y'all don't owe anything. It's on the house. We're just so glad y'all came in. Now, I know it's only tea and dessert, but it's the favor of God. She talked to us like, I'm just so glad you're here. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm here too. (laughs) I'll surround you with favors with a shield. The second thing is in Romans, it says that you've been given a shield of faith. Now, what God told Abram, he said, hey, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I am your shield. Now, he's saying this to you because you're the heirs of Abraham. The third thing he says is, and I love this. I love all this. I've been studying this. I've, I've had my head underwater since June. That's why I'm so excited. The third thing he said is, I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. God said, I I'm going to be your reward. I'm not only going to be your reward, I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. Do you know when Nehemiah rebuilt the wall in Jerusalem, he had to go to the king, Artaxerxes, and the reason he went to the king was because he was the cupbearer, and he had to get permission because that was his job to go to Jerusalem. But here's more why he went to the king. He went to the king because the king had the resources and the ability to help him. Listen, your king has the resources and the ability to help you. But what happens to us is we don't go to the king very much. We depend on ourselves. God told Abram, and he's telling you this morning, I'm going to be your shield, and I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. Listen, folks, when you hang out with God, things can't do anything but get better. Don't you believe that, right? I know it's true. When you hang out with God, when you run with God, you know what's going to make heaven heaven? God's going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. When I step through the veil to the other side, I'm going to look Jesus face to face. He's going to look into my eyes. He's going to say, Rusty, welcome home. And I'm going to throw my arms around him and hug his neck, and I'm going to fall at his feet. That's what's going to make it good, right? Now, there's going to be a lot of other great stuff there but it's going to be because God's there. He told Abraham, he's telling you this morning, I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. Have you ever known people who thought if they hung around with wealthy people and spent time with them that maybe their wealth might get on them or maybe they might give them something? You ever known any people like that, right? 
And, you know, people that have things, they don't like that. True? You ever try to hang around with somebody that has more than you do, and when they get to thinking that you're only hanging around with them, not because you want to be their friend, but because you want something that they have, that turns people off pretty quick. Listen to me. When you hang around with God, what he has is going to get on you. And you're going to have more peace. You're going to have more hope. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have a better marriage. Your kids are going to do better. The things you want in life are going to happen because God said, I will be your reward. Three things. Number one, you don't have to be afraid. Do you know what my future holds? My future holds blessings and overflow. Why? Because I'm running with God. The second thing he said was, I'm your shield. The third thing he says is, I'm your exceeding great reward. Now, God promised that to Abraham. What's it say in Galatians? You're the heir of Abraham. Now, if I was you, I'm just saying, if I was you, I'd mark that in my Bible. I'm just thinking, right? I I don't know. That might even go on a three-by-five card. I'm, I'm put it on the refrigerator, right? I don't know. Man, put it, put it wherever you spend most of the time, right? I'd, I'd either, I'd, I'd put it in the bathroom or I'd put it on the refrigerator, right? I mean, you know, you know what I did about a month ago? I've got 31 three-by-five cards, and I took those 31 cards, and I wrote down 31 blessings and promises from God, 31. Now, you instantly think, I know what you think, man, that's great, that's one for every day. And that's exactly right, but I don't want one every day. I want them all every day. So I've been carrying them with me in my pickup, and I have them at the house, and I carry them around with me, and I've just been going through them and saying them. We did them in men's life group this morning. In Red River, I got up every morning, and I read through those 31 promises. They all belong to me because I'm an heir of Abraham and because Jesus took my place on the cross. Three of them. Now, this is just three. We could stay all afternoon. i got 28 to go. That's a bunch, Right? Uh, Just three is what? Don't be afraid. I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. Listen to me, church. That belongs to you. Not because you earn it. Not because you deserve it. Not because you have a right to it. You get it because you know Jesus and it's your inheritance. And all you got to do is say, Father, I thank you that it's mine in the name of Jesus. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you. there's more to come. There's more to come. Father, I love you. I'm so grateful this morning for your life and for your love. I'm so thankful that we are heirs of Abraham. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We're sons. We're daughters. We're not slaves. We're not orphans. Father, we belong to you. Father God, I thank you for your life and for your love and for your grace over us this morning. I want to just take a minute. i got a couple of minutes before we go, and I'd just like to take a minute. If you're in this place this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've never invited him into your life, see, this, this belongs to you because you know Christ is your Savior. And so would you guys just close your eyes for a minute for privacy? We're not trying to be religious or weird. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if Jesus is my Savior, but I'd like, to, I'd like to do that. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I felt like I've been far from God, and I, I want to come back. I want to renew my faith in Christ. I'd like to pray for you. And if, if, that, if that's you, would you just hold your hand up in the air where I can see it? And I want to pray a simple prayer over you. All right, I see those hands all across the room. All right, thank you for raising your hands. 
Listen, this is between you and God. It's not between anybody else. But when you raise your hand, God sees it. Now, I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I want you to join me and pray it after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross, dying in my place, taking my sin, rising from the dead to cleanse me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I surrender. I give it all to you this morning. Jesus, I love you. I thank you that you're mine. And I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.